Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. Expect anything different? It's just not a fair fight. No, it really isn't, Roger. I mean, that is phenomenal. Oh, it's not a cut. That's a slice. And it's a good one, too. Welcome back, all you hookers and slices out there, to another episode of the Downswing Golf Podcast, presented by 4Champ. I am one of your co-hosts, Stay and Play Clay, and with me, as always, is Nick the Stick. <laughs> Ryder <laughs> Cup. Ryder yeah. Cup. Right. Yes. What Old a, Ryder's Cup. What a big, what a big, what a big event. What a big victory. It was some would say historic. Uh, yeah, I had many would say that. Yeah. And they would be technically correct. Yeah. First biggest win in a long time. Yeah, that was uh that was a good old fashioned ass kicking. Kinda like they gave us in in France. Yeah, we're just returning the favor there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even 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 more. We even took more. we took what they did to us. We we brought it up another level and then we gave it right back. We gave it. We supersized it as we do in America. Oh, supersized it as we do in America. Yep. <laughs> I can't handle it over there. I can't handle it. Yeah, biggest victory in the current format of the Ryder Cup. Nineteen to nine final score in favor of the U.S. Oof. Never gets old. Same. Oof. Oof. And it was a wire-to-wire win, too. Oof. It was wire-to-wire. Well, not wire-to-wire in the sense that Europe got the first point of the Ryder Cup. But the U.S. won the first session. Yeah. And they won every single session. (laughs) You are nothing if not accurate, Clay. That's why they call me stay and play. Yep. Rom, Rom, and Garcia, the the Spanish team Spanish flu. I mean, they were pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good yeah. out there. <laughs> Rom was Rom had a fantastic Ryder Cup, but he was yeah. like the only one. Yeah, that just is not enough in a team event. <laughs> definitely showed why he's the world number one. Oh yeah, which which is great unless you're going against the world number two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten. Uh, then you know it's going to take more than just a number one to get it done. Yeah, just a little bit. A little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. He's the only one that was better this weekend was was your your pick to have to be the best US player. DJ. Five and O and O. No losses, no draws, just five wins. Five points to Team US from the oldest member of the Ryder Cup team this year, Dustin Johnson. The oldest American member. Well, right. Just, uh, yeah, he showed those young boys that he's he still got it. He's got he, it and then some. He, he said absolutely. <laughs> he's still got it. He's still got it. Man, we'll get to it, but that press conference was- <laughs> That was something else. Sure was. Oh sure man, was. so many, so many good one-liners. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
looks like I mean, that's the only victory I had this weekend is I did pick, you know, a historic 5-0-0, which has only happened four times in history. So no one was going to no one was going to beat that. So I set the bar pretty high. JT came in at 2-1-1. One, and one. Um, Yeah, JT was my pick, and he didn't start off very well. He, he was struggling early in the Ryder Cup. I was worried about him in that first session. Yeah. Um, he missed a lot of five- and six-footers. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what was really going on with JT and and uh, Jordan Speed there. I mean, they just like they they weren't getting into a rhythm, or they're just they weren't like they just weren't able to put together two shots in a row. Essentially, like it looked like me out there, but yeah. it was two people, you know, alternating shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it shattered I mean... their inner inner clay. And that's just not a good thing. I mean, yeah, they're going against not only the world number one. I think, I think for whatever reason, with the Ryder Cup, it channels like the feelings of you know the Spanish team with Seve and Olathabal, and like you know, there's something to the the the, the passion of the the Spaniards, the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, I mean, granted, there, nobody there wasn't expects a lot, it. There wasn't a lot of fans there this year for. The Spaniards, I mean. Well, yeah, Europeans weren't really able to travel, so. Yeah. Very low numbers for them. Very low. Um, which, I, I, you know, we'll probably get into a little bit later, but definitely an advantage, you know, for this U.S. team that they didn't even have to really deal with, you know, a, a split crowd. It was pretty much all U.S., fans yeah. i mean there you know there were pockets of europeans but like it wasn't one of the announcers what did he say he's like we're gonna give them all name tags because you know we we there's there's only a handful of them out there so we can call we can at least call them by the by their first name yeah uh, for the year for the team rooting for europeans which i mean yeah when you think of it on a fair standpoint yes they don't have anybody rooting for them but on an unfair standpoint i was super like upset and just embarrassed with some of the fans on Saturday yeah like, that they were yelling in the Euros like backswing yeah that that was pretty that was pretty bad yeah that was poor sportsmanship to say the least that was just piss poor like we're already we're already outnumbering them and we can we can cheer louder and you know and root our team on we don't need to like be heckling and chirping and you know just i mean it's one thing to say like even the talking at when the ball's in the air was to me excessive yeah there were definitely times where it was excessive like there's get in the lake yeah get in the lake and like there's a there's a there's a line right Uh, like the Ryder cup you know there's there's certain parts you know certain tee shots and holes where you know players get the crowd amped up and and you know it's it's like the 16th at you know the phoenix open uh, yeah. where where you know the fans are yelling while they're swinging but if it's you know if it's not an obvious situation like that you j- just go by the normal kind of courtesy and etiquette of just stay quiet while they swing you know if it's not a constant buzzing noise and everything just stay quiet don't yell in the backswing or anything then when the ball's in the air, like you can say, like I'm, 
I'm not even saying don't say like Baba Booey or whatever things that I I don't really like anyhow. <laughs> but but it's one thing to say stuff like that. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to say something like that, which like I'm not a big fan of that, but whatever. Uh, and that's another thing to like yell like yeah, get in the lake or like like it's fine to cheer if it goes into the lake like after the fact like I'm fine with that right yeah. but, but don't like I, like I don't know I don't know how to explain it it's just there's a line and I don't know I don't know yeah and definitely yelling in someone's backswing I mean it's just like it just makes us look like the rude Americans that everyone thinks we are that we just do whatever the fuck we want and I'm sure it was you know you know 50 people out of or 20 people out of yeah it's always the minority 50,000 50, it's just god damn and I, I allegedly they were going to try and kick him out but I'm sure it's really hard like because everybody's pointing at each other like he did it yeah and everyone's probably had a few drinks in them too oh yeah it was late <laughs> afternoon it was on a back nine where I remember it so vividly that like yeah. um yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely the minority, but unfortunately, like, they position themselves to get heard on camera, so... Because well, it's it, so quiet. Right, so it just it just makes it sound, I don't want to say worse than it is, because it's, it's not good. But, like, it's definitely not the majority of fans acting that way. Yeah. And that, I mean, you could, you could say that about a lot of... A lot of things in a lot of sports, a lot of fan bases, and and all that crap that you you complain about certain fans doing, but yeah, for sure, just unfortunate. Especially, it, I think, especially considering the fact that, like we mentioned, Europeans really weren't able to travel to this event. So, like more than any other Ryder Cup, you just had so few away fans. Um, yeah, it was just to, to maybe kind of keep. The home fans a little bit more honest yeah because yeah it's supposed to be a home crowd you know home fans are supposed to you know back you know the home team up but you know if you have enough away fans there's a, there's a healthy kind of back and forth and and um, just keeping each other in check a little bit about you know what what you should be kind of saying or doing or how you're supporting at least that's my feeling that's my Anecdote. Yeah, I would. I mean, in a perfect world, I think that's how it's supposed to go. I just, I get worried. I'm all about a perfect world. It's just going to escalate, <laughs> you know. And I don't, I don't necessarily remember any instances at uh, Minnesota at Hazeltine. Um, I'm sure there was some, you know, uh, American fans. You know, it just, it just feels like I. Needless to say, I wasn't shocked. Um, it, it just seems like it just embar it really is embarrassing to me. Like, just let them fucking play golf. Like, and I don't even know. I mean, I guess I'm borderline. I'm not as upset when somebody like if the if the ball goes like you know if they hit a good shot and we boo. Yeah, like I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with reacting to the shot. Yeah, like in a Ryder Cup situation obviously like a more normal tournament where it's just individual like don't boo a bad shot you know except the 16th at uh yeah well, yeah right that's yeah. different that but everyone knows that because it's coming it's, yeah it's coming. like the you players that, understand that going you into that it. shot you know the boos are coming 
Like I'm I'm more of a fan of or I just think it's so much better at least in the normal tournaments when you're you're really focusing on like the good shots. You know, and you're applauding the good shots and you don't really you don't you don't need to say anything for the bad shots. Like it just eh it wasn't great. Whatever. But if they make a good recovery after that, yeah, let's, you know, clap and cheer for that. Yeah. Um, but in a team event like the Ryder Cup, you know, when you're actually, you kind of have teams, you know, it's not just, a you know, 140 individuals yeah. playing a tournament. Yeah, like I'm fine with, you know, there's there's a set team that you're rooting against. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Boo or, or cheer for a bad shot you know that they had or whatever like i'm fine with that yeah yeah no and i personally i i, I stick to just i cheer for my own guys and i just leave the other ones alone but i, I and kinda, i i'm that way too but, but I, I i understand that it is a team event and so like you know it, it makes it more of a hostile environment when people when they and maybe it adds pressure when they know if they if they hit a good shot they're going to get booed and if they hit a, if they hit a bad shot they're going to get cheered yeah um it's going to be cheered like it maybe it adds an element that like i mean because that's the whole point of having right. the home court advantage right you know it happens they, in all sports where you know the 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 away team misses a shot and there's cheers yeah exactly like there's like in an event like this in a team event and uh, the you know history of the Ryder cup the player knows like the players know that the the opposing fans the home fans if they're away are you know are going to be rooting, you know, for them to not do great, you know. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what was said, but I think it was between the tee of two and three on the first day of the first match with Jordan and Justin. But um, they made, they said it on air, something to the effect of uh, Jordan's coming up behind. He was he was trying to tone down a fan who was being extremely vulgar. Yeah. With with the uh, Spanish team, yeah, and I don't know what was said, but I, I bet you it was pretty nasty. Probably, probably, I can imagine, especially if some of these you know fans have some drinks in them. Well, that was, but that was that was seven thirty a.m. on are Friday. You, are you are you doubting Wisconsinites? No, not at all. <laughs> no, that, well, that guy was from Minnesota. Oh, right. Uh, Naturally. But, uh, no, just for for usually, and I don't know. I think the Americans. I remember sometimes they were kind of like, you know, trying to get the crowd to like quiet, but they like they were pretty much staying in their own bubble. But it, the announcer made a point that Jordan had to like scold a fan or something. Yeah, that so yeah, and, I saw so that. that. That's how I know it must have been pretty bad. There's there's definitely yeah there's there's always gonna be fans you know. A couple individuals who take things just a you know a little too far, and it's like you know they just get they get all antsy in their pantsies, and they well the mob the mob mentality that that too yeah which they, they're they're with ten thousand people and they just think their own individual actions don't matter so yeah. you know, and they're yeah they're probably wasted at seven thirty a.m. <laughs> and then so by, so by the afternoon it's a shit show. No, yeah, either that or they're already passed out. Yeah. But but anyway, back to the good golf. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, JT did well. 
kind of he recovered from his his earlier early struggles. Um, oh, we're still we're still recapping our picks, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. We oh, went on a little bit of a tangent there. We sidetracked. <laughs> um, so uh, you beat me in that pick for best U.S. player, best European player. I won that pick. I picked Ian Poulter, who uh, beat Victor Hovland with a <laughs> with a commanding one win. <laughs> Hovland uh, did not win a single yeah. match. Um, I just wanted to root for Victor. Honestly, I was going to go wrong. <laughs> I just. I picked him the week before, and I thought it like for the. Uh, yeah. That was the. Uh, uh, the tour championship. Yeah, right? it was the tour championship. So I was like, ah oh, man, it just seems too easy. It's not even exciting. So I I, I took a fly. <laughs> I took a flyer with Victor. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, like, I took a little bit of a flyer with Ian Poulter too. I mean. Yeah. But um, and then for. Worst U.S. player, you picked Scotty Scheffler, and I picked Brooks Kepka, which Brooks had a worse performance. Um, not by much, but just he actually had two losses where Scotty Scheffler did not lose. He went two wins and a draw, and one of those wins was taking down the best player in the world, John Rahm. I mean, that that was impressive. Yeah. Like on, and that, that was on... Sunday. That was like the first, or not, maybe not the first, but it was an early singles match. Yeah, I thought Rory was in the first yeah. match. That's right. That's right. Rory was the first. And he, he got the first point of the board. He got his first point of the weekend there. He didn't. He didn't have a good weekend. Um, but uh, John Rom, like if the Europeans were going to score the nine points to get back into the match and and somehow retain the Ryder Cup. One of their points had to come from John Rom. Like you just saw, okay, he's gonna win his match because he has to. Otherwise, yeah. there's no shot. He's, he's carrying them on their back all Friday and Saturday. Yeah, and and he just and and I don't even want to say he played poorly. Scotty Scheffler had like six birdies in his first seven holes or something like that. Something nuts to get yeah. off to a to an early lead. You know, a couple hole or a couple points up or holes up. Um, like Scotty, just impressive performance to to play well and take down John Rom. That was that was pretty nuts. And like yeah. once that happens, like okay, the U.S. is for sure winning. Even in, even if it seemed like it was already wrapped up coming into Sunday, like if there was any hope, there is no more hope for the Europeans after that. Uh, and then and then it just shifted to all right, how many points can the U.S. score total here? Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of red on the board all day Sunday. So yeah, but I think that, like to your point, that was a huge, like just a demoralizer for them when they look up and see not even like Rom from the get go. Yeah, I mean, he, he early was, match. He was four down through four. Uh, he ended up being three down. He won the fifth, but yeah, Scheffler made birdie five of the first six. So yeah. Scheffler was three up all the way through hole 10 and then went four up um so just in dominant control right away yeah um took the lead and just never looked back and yeah that's their that's their leader and so it just i think that that just they just knew it was not going to be their day yeah um but uh yeah the uh 
so you won that one too yeah. and then we we pushed with burn Wiesberger and matt fitzpatrick both uh oh and three yeah. oh three and oh worst euro you had Weisberger and i had fitzpatrick neither neither of those two players had a single win or a single draw they got zero points. They got nothing out there. So we were pretty successful in those picks. I award you no points, <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. That's uh, pretty much what they said to the European team after the Ryder Cup there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rough one for them. But I'm happy. I'm happy about it. I, the U.S. needed something like this. They needed... I, I mean... They had such a talented roster of players, right? You know, you know, European may have had you know the top player in John Rom, but like you said, U.S. had two, three, four, five, six, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they just had such a talented roster. Europeans on paper, on paper yeah. right? And Europeans had guys who, yeah, not ranked very high, but. Europeans have won or had won, you know, five of the last seven, you know, seven of the last nine of these Ryder Cups. Um, And so you just, you can't count them out. And for the U.S. to, you know, take control basically from the first session, get a lead, and then not falter in that afternoon session on Friday, which they've historically done, you know, to, to take a pretty good lead into saturday and then they just continue that lead is three straight sessions of three three to one scores they just kept adding to their lead and then by sunday it was it was you know very very slim hope for the europeans and that ended pretty quickly but this i mean this was something that the u.s needed right like it was the pressure was on them to to win at home when there was no European fans or very few because of, you know, the pandemic, like the stars kind of aligned in that sense. Like there's like, there's no excuses for them not to, to find a way to get this, you know, Ryder cup back on us soil. And, uh, they did it, figured it out. Yeah. Got it done. Um, Yeah. Really happy for Stricker. Um, you know, in his home state. I mean, again, yeah, we've, and we've been, predicted before i mean it's just it's weird to me that like i mean it's always like the americans are favored and that just i think that i like being the underdog and like you have nothing to lose that mentality that europeans can just keep coming in and they're always you know they're always the under uh you know so it just but i disagree i mean i just i think the the golfer golfers like the 40th player in the world has a better chance of beating number one in golf rather than like tennis or yeah no i i agree i agree any other sport like any given day but yeah you still got to go out and get it done and after the ass whooping we took in france like we really did need to come back and you know defend defend our country uh against (laughs) against those damn europeans um no but uh I think we're just, and we're getting into a new era. Um, it's true. You know, the post-Tiger and Phil era. Um, and so now these guys, you know, where I know, I mean, Tiger and Phil just notoriously underperformed in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I don't know what it, what it was exactly, but just. 
and you know what and i think that i think that kind of speaks to you know this this group of players that we are seeing now for the u.s uh these this younger generation because all these guys grew up you know watching tiger they all have that in common and they've they've kind of come through the ranks a little bit together as well yeah and so there's maybe a bit more camaraderie with this group than there has been you know in the previous generation of you know in tiger's generation of of Ryder cup teams and that i mean that could just be super helpful for you know the the near future of you know us's Ryder cup success and you know starting with with this one this year um i mean I mean the real test is still going to be heading over to europe oh yeah. and and you know seeing how this group of players um oh yeah handles, be... handles that because it's one thing to win you know with with your home crowd backing you up and and very few away fans um and it's another thing to go over across the pond and and win like europeans have historically done i mean right the the u.s has struggled with um defending their home turf and they've just never really been able to get it done over in europe europeans they've always just won at home and then they've pulled out some victories over here like medina and they've just found a way and that's why they've won you know five of the last seven seven of the last nine um so the europeans are kind of in a position now where you know they're also with a a little bit of a transitional period with their players where a lot of the guys who won in those tournaments those Ryder cups are you know pretty up there in age i mean we we saw it even in this Ryder cup you know they had a couple guys in the in their 40s oh know, yeah with Paul Casey and Sergio Garcia and Lee Westwood. And speaking of Paul Casey, how cool was that, that he was hanging out with some of those European fans in the stands, just having the time of his life there. I think yeah. it was on Saturday he was doing that. But he's just up there dancing and chanting with them. I thought that was pretty fun. That was a cool yeah, sight. For sure. No, I like that. That is cool stuff. But, yeah, no, they're definitely they're, – their average age, I mean, it's got to be – at least 10 years older than us um yeah so they're i mean they're gonna need to find some younger players and they got guys like victor hovland um but and, gonna, like that's it like, that's I what know. i mean like victor <laughs> hovland is is a great player but they're gonna and they obviously they have john rom as well Correct. um but they're they're gonna need more than those two you know like especially when you put it up against this young generation of American players who dominated in this Ryder Cup, won by a historical margin, nineteen nine. Um, like it, the the near future, just how it's kind of projecting with these, you know, these two teams of players or generations of players for both the U.S. and the the Europeans. Like it's looking really good for the U.S. right now, and it started on a really good note this yeah. past weekend like we might have just turned a corner maybe maybe we're gonna see us you know win five of the next seven or you know have maybe have a little bit of a dominant streak going that'd be nice to see it would be very nice to see 
I mean, obviously we're biased a little bit here, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think Rory will be back for a while. Uh, I think he'll turn it around. I mean, Fleetwood's still pretty young. Um, yeah, neither of those two players have really been playing their best golf as of late. Yeah. Um, and that, that interview that Rory had after the after his match on Sunday, that was pretty emotional. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was pretty upset and sad that he couldn't perform. Yeah. That he that didn't get it done. Yeah. And he, I mean he's been part of some winning sides, you know, on the Ryder Cup. He's yeah. played in a lot of them. Um, yeah. When was the last time Americans won in Europe? That's my question. Oh to my you. goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, was it like during Arnold Palmer's era? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite that bad. Not quite. Uh, let's say. Let's say the eighties. Uh, no, it, it, not quite that old. Ninety-three. Oh man, so almost, almost as old as me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at uh, at the Belfry. I was I was really going for the BC era, the before Clay era, but uh, they got they got one when I was just a youngin, <laughs> a young lad out there. Probably hadn't even picked up a golf club yet. Young laddie there. Um, but yeah, there's uh, it's very few and far between. Yeah, especially as of late. Um, but yeah, so next Ryder Cup in two years, 2023, going to be played in Italy. Should be uh, Rome. Yeah, good old Rome, Italy. Yeah, we'll see that. Uh, yeah, it'll be. I think I think we have great chance, but I mean that's two years away, so we'll a lot see. Of, a lot of things can change in two years. Yeah. I mean, just imagine how far Bryson's going to be hitting the ball in two years. <laughs> or his back will go out. And, <laughs> and he's going to have two knee surgeries. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of wear and tear on the body. Well, he's, I mean, he's worked on a particular swing that lessens the, the impact on the knees. You know, just not how, having the front foot planted, you know, having it kind of... Turn as as you go, but correct. You ha- you have to do that. Yeah, I mean, you see all the long drive hitters in the in the tournament that's going on right now. You look at all their swings, and they're doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, you have yeah, to. He, mod- he modeled it right after them. Yeah, his but, swing. Oh man, how how cool how freaking cool was some of the hit shots he hit in the Ryder Cup, though. Man, that yeah. this was his first match on Friday and on the fifth hole, that snake hole, and he just. Like, where is he even going? <laughs> he just drives it 417 yards. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Number. and he Number had five. like 72 holes or 72 yards left on this par five. Are you serious? <laughs> it's unfreaking real. Oh my god! And then, like, and then as cool as that was, I thought probably his coolest moment of the Ryder Cup was on Sunday. I think this this kind of went along with the whole, you know, what Scotty Scheffler did, you know, taking down John Rahm early. But Bryson gets paired up to go against Sergio Garcia in his singles match. First hole, you know, takes out his driver, you know, puts it above his head like a freaking gladiator. 
you know, putting on a show. I, that's the that's the cool thing that, I mean, he he was great with putting on a show this past weekend for the fans. Um, but first hole, and he like, and it was a short par four. Like a lot of players were driving it pretty close to the green and everything, and but nobody had put it on the green. No. And in his singles match against Sergio Garcia, first hole puts it on the green, drains the eagle putt. Just a statement. <laughs> like how how cool of a start is that? Just oh, yeah. like you're not getting this, Sergio. Like this isn't gonna be your day. And like we like the US team, we're winning this. And like pedal to the metal. Yeah. Like that was so, I thought that was such a cool start to his match. It was just like perfect execution, a show, just Way Unreal. better, way better than when he bombed it and hit the lady on the head like, <laughs> yeah. in the previous match, right? Uh, on Saturday, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he had some he had some great moments, and and obviously, it, the Ryder Cup is a, a tournament that sets up for him to to put on a show like that, and he really embraced it well. I thought, um, I thought he gained some fans too. I think it helped that he wore a regular cap. That probably helped a little bit more relatable to people. Just yeah. saying, I'm just saying, not a whole lot of people out there wear a Ben Hogan style hat. The flat hat. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. Hard to say. Can't disagree. But I mean, that's what people want to see. I don't know. I. I, I think it's just I, it's just more relatable. I'm saying not not saying hitting 417 yard drives is relatable, but just saying. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just there's yeah, so it's, there's it's, so many things. It's good to see him in a different environment. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, it's just now it's because then Brooks and him were on a team, um, so there there was less. They didn't. There was no controversy. I mean, they were like they kind of they shook hands. They they kind of said hi to each other at one point on the range, and so you realized it wasn't going to be like they weren't going to be yelling and fighting with each other. They're just, they're going to play how they did. And they ended up hugging by the end of that. Like, it, was by a brief, it was a brief hug. <laughs> by Sunday. But they were still smiling. They were still, yeah. I mean, they, they won. So why wouldn't they be smiling? Yeah. They were drunk. Uh, <laughs> no, Bryson wasn't. I don't think, um, no, everybody, cause everybody, when I was there, wanted everybody, want, everybody just wants to see Bryson. Honestly. I mean, he, yeah, he puts on a show. And a Ryder Cup event like this is like the perfect situation. Yeah, they want to see it. how far he hits it. Like there was, like, and there was another hole out there um, this weekend where he like he had driver, and then he like gave it back to his caddy and he grabbed three wood. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. people are like boo, and he's like, I'm still going for the green guys. <laughs> right, you don't need to boo. <laughs> right, like, like calm down. Going. I see him still going for it. Yeah, he hits the shot, and it, it's like pin high. I don't know. I think it was like just off the green, but it was like pin high. It's yeah. like if he would pull out driver, like that's in Lake Michigan probably. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bryson, no, there was, Bryson there was had a, a good su- one. There was a super funny moment on Wednesday on the range. Um, when you were there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the practice round. that. Uh, so I saw this live. That uh, Zach Johnson, you know, he was one of the co-captains, yep. uh, vice vice captains, and so he was he was by Bryson as Bryson was going through his bag and hitting shots, and then you know, 
um, Bryson uh, and they're just chit chatting. I mean, there's several people around. Obviously, each each player had their own like little. They, I mean, their swing instructor was there, right? Yeah, and like Xander had his dad with him all week by next to his side. Um, but anyways, Bryson like finally goes for the head cover, the the driver, and then like pulls it up and like pulls it out and like you know, grabs his driver. While everybody in the driving range was like, "Yeah, let's go, <laughs> Let, let's do this!" And then like right on cue, perfect timing. Like Zach Johnson like turns around and he, like he like took off his hat. He's like, "Thanks, guys." He's like. Eh, just made it look the, the the applause was for him but it was it was well timed um and everybody just started laughing and then bryson just started hitting bombs bombs like uh, i mean it reminds me of uh of the masters when when there was that footage of uh, vj singh just admiring bryson hitting driver on the range there yeah and just kind of like laughing like this is ridiculous this is what i have to compete against <laughs> This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they go. It's yeah. They go so far in person. Like oh yeah. It's, I mean it's they, nuts. And in the long drive contest today, he hit it four twelve. Yeah, something like that. I mean, he's on to the round of thirty two. Which I mean, all of this is incredible. Like he's not. I mean, you're right. He's not going to win. Yeah, but, he's yeah. not going to win. I mean, you got guys like Kyle Berkshire who hits it like four fifty. Yeah. Um. 450 plus but i mean those guys are dedicated long drive hitters you yeah know. those guys can't chip and putt and never won a major right bryson has you know has put a lot of effort and and training into hitting it you know hitting bombs out there but he still has to have all the other skills he has to have the the short game the soft hands the the putting ability um you know he hasn't been training as long as all these other guys um but yeah he's and he's doing but he's doing well he's holding his own out there he's top 32 yeah. in the world yeah pretty darn good pretty darn good for all those times you're like gosh if all these one of these long drive hitters could just find a short game he could be so good well yeah. it finally happened but instead of, instead it was a short game guy found a long game yeah it, it wasn't. It's just, it's so ridiculous to me because, like, you know, in in recent or any time, but, you know, I had I had a Ryder Cup or a couple Ryder Cup events this past weeks, you know, leading up, and, and I hit some pretty good drives. Like, I had, I had a couple that went over 300 yards because I was just able to unleash on it, you know, because, like, my yeah. partner got it out there or whatever. Downhill, yeah. a little downwind, whatever. Whatever helps. But, like... You know, when I hit it over 300, I'm like, yeah, I absolutely crushed that ball. I hit a bomb out there, and yet yeah. you got uh, you got freaking Bryson hitting it 100 yards farther, and that like that just doesn't compute in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't understand how that that happens. Well, I'll help you a little. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like I get why it's happening. I just, but it's just. It's so, like, I cannot relate to it. <laughs> it's just so out there. To, like, yeah. have a personal feeling where I I crushed that ball. I nutted it. And then you have a guy like that who just, I mean, yeah. well, if it 100 helps you yards by. <laughs> I mean, if it helps you at all, like. It won't. 
he's not hitting 400 on the PJ Tour. 400 is now that he's got no, a 50-inch driver, and he's he gets he gets six swings at it. In like no, but I'm early. even talking about like the Ryder Cup when he hit it 417 on that par five, that fifth hole. Yeah, that was super downwind. My, I mean, my shots are somewhat downwind too. Like that—that that was a twenty-mile an hour. I, I know, I know, it was downwind, but but it's still, still. Yeah, he's. I'm just saying, his his average is closer to 340, 350, But he's like he's flying it that far. Yeah, and and I'm definitely not flying it any work. Yeah, no, you're, you're getting the rollout, and no, yeah. I mean, it's amazing what he's doing. Like I really. It's it's crazy. I mean, and nowadays, I mean, well, it's been a bombers PJ tour for the last while. Like, yeah, driving distance has a high correlation with like your your average score in these events. Like, it's just, I mean, ever since, I mean, even Tiger, Phil, Dustin, Rory, I mean, even JT hits the shit out of it. Yeah, like they all hit bombs, bombs. Uh, it's not often that uh, you know your Zach Johnsons win anymore. Yeah, and your average hitting players. Yeah, the fact that he won that Masters is still even even at that time period. Yeah, still is nuts. Yeah, like that's unheard of to be able to win the Masters, and he laid up on every single par five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's that's that's a course where the par fives are gettable. You know, to tour players for several for lots for for a lot of tour players and offer you know eagle opportunities. You know that's where you're getting where you can get eagle you know eagle opportunities and get you know your score to 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 go lower as low as possible at Augusta and and he just bypassed that and just played it safe and and won. I, I think he won with a I think his score was like plus one or something. It was. It was a pretty, pretty rough, rough tournament. Now dealing, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not like that anymore. <laughs> Can't really do that. <laughs> no, you have to be, and and honestly, like all these young players, they're aggressive. Like they don't have any fear. I mean, you look at like some of the shots that JT hits. Like he's known for his. His fairway woods, you know, the one he hit at Aaron Hills in the U.S. Open, 18, that like that was just an insane shot. Um, it, but then some of the shots he was hitting in the Ryder Cup, like with, like you cannot miss, otherwise you're in the lake. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he's just hitting these perfect shots and, and they, they're not clearing by much. Like some of those shots, like, they cleared by maybe a yard or two. Yeah. And, but, like, no fear. Aggressive, let's go for it. Like, that's what a lot of these guys have on tour. And it's why you're seeing a lot of low scores, because not only do they have that mentality, but they also have the skill to back it up. They can yeah. do it. All gas, no break. All gas, no breaks. That's right. That's the Green Bay model. <laughs> they... Right. Oh, I mean, they were playing in Wisconsin. Good old Whistling Straits. Oh, whistling Straits. I think it was a good. I think it was a good 
Ryder Cup course. I thought it. I thought it did well. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't mind them coming back there. I mean, they're going back to Hazeltine in a couple of years. Yeah. In, in four. Like eight. Eight years. Oh, is it? Because uh, oh, yeah, they're doing twenty twenty nine. Yeah, they're doing New York. Yeah, that's the next age. U.S. Yeah, and then they're going back to Hazeltine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I could. I feel like this Ryder Cup was a success in in terms of the event. Um, like there wasn't really any complaints about the course. There, like, it was a beautiful setting. You know, obviously the U.S. had an historic victory. Like, if you're the U.S., you know, course selection committee for the Ryder Cup, how can you not pick this course again? How can you not say, like, oh, we're never going to come back to the course that... It's it's link style. It plays to the Europeans. Uh, It's an American American links course. (laughs) I beg to differ. Yeah. But, like, yeah. 19-9, historic victory. Now nah, we should never come back to this course. We can't win by that margin again. <laughs> like, uh, why not? Like, why not? Yeah. Like, I, I would be surprised if they if they don't come back to to Whistling Straits at some point. Yeah. For, for a future Ryder Cup. Yeah. Well, time will tell. I don't know. I, I think... mean, obviously, it's going to be more than a decade away if you know if they do because they've already got. It's already booked out. Yeah, booked out ones. Um, but I, you know, I would say within the next twenty years, it'll have another Ryder Cup. All right. I I I would think so. Well, and I know there's a lot of other great courses out there, but with the success that happened in this Ryder Cup, I mean, you gotta imagine they're they're they want to come back here. Yeah, the only thing I can think of that they wouldn't is because, like, you know, some of those mornings when they were teeing off at 7.05, it was pretty chilly. And I mean, I mean just, it could be chilly in, in Minnesota at Hazeltine. I, I mean, they, got, they had I great could. weather that year. Who's to say it's going to be great in 2029? It might be even colder than it was at Whistling Straits. I mean, that's no. just Midwest. I mean, even in New York... You know, at Bethpage. Could be cold. It could be cold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, yeah, I just we, think that's we, a non-factor. You'd almost be better off to take them out to the desert. Like, <laughs> those those Euros wouldn't know what to do. Well, they, they know how to play in Dubai. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, they got some desert, Arizona. desert courses over there that they play. Take them out to Las Vegas. Yeah. Can you imagine a Ryder Cup in Las Vegas? <laughs> uh, imagine what the fans would be yelling there. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to think about that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, what? Uh, any other parting thoughts? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. It was just uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was cool. It was, it was uh, fun. I mean, as fun as it is to win when it's you know it comes down to the last hole and the last putt and 
you know, it, it gets it done, and it's just it's so exciting. This time it was it was there wasn't a lot of pressure. It was just like we we all gas, no break from the very first. You know. Yeah, day. they they you know there was pressure. I would say to begin the Ryder Cup, and then but they just overcame it so well. Every session, yeah, they won. They just they just won every session. It was just it wasn't even a question. They just yeah. It, they they wrapped it up early pretty much and it was just it just switched to how many points can they score can they get the record basically um and so they were able to start partying early and we got to see that in shotgunning beers on saturday the post game or the post tournament post rider cup uh press conferences yeah which if you have not watched the post game press conference i highly recommend it (laughs) just dj is something special that's for sure Oh yes, <laughs> I mean you can't play. He went five oh no. What are you gonna say? Yeah. What are you gonna say to him? Yeah, he is allowed to start drinking and drink heavily. Yeah, but you, you know what? I I did I did kind of like the fact that, um, you know, the Europeans were also kind of in a decent mood as well on Sunday in terms of like they were. You saw like some of the some of those guys with smiles even though yeah obviously it was disappointing for them to lose they had some smiles like they understood how well the u.s played and they and they they even had some drinks themselves and i thought that was yeah it was like cool kind of sports and the u.s team was rory was actually partying with the u.s team on sunday night i think i think oh i think a lot of guys a lot of the europeans were there was a rumor going around that like the Europeans were going to be partying with the U.S. win or win or lose anyhow. Yeah. Um, so I don't think anything changed in that sense. Which I think, like, that's fine. I mean, it, as much as it's a team event, all these guys know each other. Like you know, from playing on tour, and and they're they're friends despite you know their nationalities and stuff. And and I think, especially with the Ryder Cup, where you know these players don't get paid to play in it, right? Yeah. They get. They get money that comes their way, but that money has to go to charities. Yeah. Um, well, and they they can get they can get gifts and stuff. Right. And they, they, get, they, they get pampered for a week. Yeah, but it's not like they're like they missed a putt that lost them, you know, a million dollars. Yeah. Right. It's, there, there's nothing like that. Like it's 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 more of a it's pride. Yeah, it's pride, but. At the same time, it's like... And they're building their brand. I mean, if they do well here, it just promotes their brand, which helps them sell more of whatever else later on. Yeah. Build, build their fan base. Right. But but it's like, at the end of the day, though... They, do you think they should get paid? Um, for the Ryder Cup? Uh, I mean, I... They, I mean, like you said, they they get pampered. They, some of these guys get have like in their contracts, like sponsorship contracts. They get paid that way through endorsements and stuff like that. Um, like I, I wouldn't say no to them getting some sort of prize money. You know, like your, you know, or the Ryder Cup, like winning team gets so much and the losing team gets so much or whatever, and split between all the the players, like. I, I don't think that would be a bad thing. I wouldn't say, like, that can't happen. That goes against the spirit of everything. Like, I, I don't care all that much. But, like, I don't think it's something that necessarily needs to happen unless the players really feel like 
they deserve it. But like you said, they, they get pampered. They get they get money that you know that they go to you know they throw at their charities and stuff. So it's just a way for them to kind of do philanthropy in that sense. Um, yeah. So like it's a unique thing. It doesn't happen every year. It's an every other year thing, and there's no guarantee that you're going to be on you know each and every Ryder Cup team too. So I don't know. It's it's a unique thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the players kind of understand that, um, and and I think that's kind of ultimately why you see them basically partying together at the end, because they understand just kind of the the spirit of it and and the camaraderie that comes along with it, and they understand, you know, how the game is played and how you know certain players you know play you know, so well in that Ryder Cup and, you know, they have stories to tell and stuff like that. And, um, like, I don't know. It's, it's such a cool and different event that, that things that are normal in other walks of professional golf life is just, it's kind of thrown out the window and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't mind him getting a little bit, but it's cool the way it's set up right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just interesting. I mean, because they're making a ton of money off of it. I mean, somebody's making a shit ton of money off the Ryder Cup, the PGA of America, um, yeah. and you know, and they're donating back to charity. But yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's all for your country. So I mean, if you don't want to play, if you don't want to play, don't play in it. You don't have to play. Like you can totally opt out of it um you it's it's the player's choice so i don't know just something to think about yeah it is but probably won't think about it until uh until two years from now (laughs) yeah we'll see what happens then but yeah so cool event good win and um yeah that's Pretty much going to be it for us for a couple weeks here. I take a little bit of a break. Um, yep. And then probably come back in mid mid October. That we're looking at. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, being able to tell you guys how how our experience is at uh, La Sonia Golf Links. Yeah. Top one hundred course. Yeah. So. We'll see you guys all at that point. All right. Peace, love, and birdies. Arnold Palmer is the master champion of 1960. Expect anything different? It's just not a fair fight. No, it really isn't, Roger. I mean, that is phenomenal. Oh, it's not a cut. That's a slice. And it's a good one, too. Huh.